Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. American prosperity is the bedrock of freedom and security all over the world. An obligation to the heritage of liberty and dignity handed down to us by our forefathers. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Height filling in here for Mr. Ed Martin today, at least up front. Uh, glad to be here. Let me uh, bef- uh, let me dive in here before we get too far to the program, and let me remind you to head over to ProAmericaReport.com or PhyllisSchlafly.com. There you will find all of the uh, standalones, the podcasts, the resources, links, anything we've got related to our shows. And most importantly, that is where you can sign up for the Wink email. But we've got a great show ahead of us. Uh, Ed has recorded a couple of good interviews here. We've got uh, Perry Johnson on with us today. You may know the name. Uh, Ran for president this year, however, was forced out uh, due to uh, all of the uh, shenanigans that constantly get pulled, and uh, some of them understandably so, to weed out uh, not credible candidates, but polls and donors and all of the limitations and the qualifications, he did not end up making it to the debate stage. He's going to talk a little bit about that with Ed, and then he's also just going to talk about uh, the systems, the systems that he's systems guy, a car man uh, from Michigan, and uh, he has a lot of uh, things to say and a lot of good ideas for us as Americans to look at and consider when it comes to the systems and what needs to be changed here in America. In fact, that's what we're going to talk about here uh, in just a moment for the What You Need to Know. And then, of course, John Schlafly. John is going to be on with us today. He is giving this week's Schlafly Report, which it is a doozy, a very good one. Going to talk a little bit about uh, improper ballot initiatives. Uh, something that always uh, sounds really good, but there are some major problems. And John and Andy Schlafly in their weekly report, uh, their weekly column, are covering it. So John's going to come on and talk to us about that. And, oh, well, you know, he and Ed always dive into a host of things. And uh, we always appreciate picking John's brain here on the Pro-America Report. So uh, we will get going with those in uh, just a moment. But uh, before we do... It is, of course, the first segment, the wink, the what you need to know. And I'm going to um, I want to dive into a little bit here. It's kind of turning around in my brain. I think this is all interconnected. It's something that you need to know about, something I'd like to uh, pull maybe some dots uh, or, or I guess I should say connect some dots uh, for us all so that we see the grand picture here of uh, one of the things we're dealing with. And, and I'm going to take a, a brief moment here to, to have just shameless self-aggrandizement. Uh, Mason uh, Mohan and I, the uh, two co-producers, we get a a shout out every once in a while uh, from Ed. We actually run our own live stream program every Thursday at noon Central Time called Unauthorized Caucus. We run that on Thursdays at noon. You can catch us over at the uh, Rumble or YouTube. Look for Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. You will find those. They're all titled Unauthorized Caucus. And then each week we dive into a different topic, kind of kick off a conversation that that's more than can be contained uh, in a radio segment or even, frankly, in a single uh, live stream. We try to keep it crisp just a few minutes over the lunch hour. But 
today we talked about something that I'd kind of like to bring here. To, to the program and uh, bring it down to the the what you need to know. And uh, here, here's what we talked about today was parallel economies. Uh, we're talking about the actual efficacy of uh, starting new systems, new institutions, new industries to respond to this giant behemoth, this narrative machine that has taken over. And Ed, Ed talks about the narrative machine frequently, a deadly combination of big tech, big media and big government. But really, it goes far beyond that. We have big academia. We have it, it, big media can be divided. There's entertainment. There's there's journalism. Uh, we also have big banks, big corporations, all of this stuff that ties in together uh, with the bureaucratic, the administrative state, the bloat of our government, uh, with all of the media sources. So that it just it comes down to everywhere that we turn, everything we consume, the entertainment that we have to listen to, the news that we have to listen to, our goods and services, even our the government that regulates and runs our lives, it feels like all of these things are interconnected with this same deadly big government state driven authoritarian leftism and we're left wondering where where can i go to get away from this and and what in the world can i do if anything to change it to stop it to move a different direction in america this doesn't look like the america that i grew up understanding what freedom was about what liberty and free markets were about and this movement uh, is catching hold to develop our parallel economies. It's it's a little easier in some places than others, but th- that's what it boils down to is is, is this, and, and this is where I say it kind of ties in because I, I'm assuming Perry Johnson here, we're talking about some systems, the system by which we have presidential elections, these systems of governance and uh, commerce and finance and entertainment and media. Uh, all of these systems are breaking. All of these systems have been infiltrated by a Uh, Just a disgusting ideology that is completely antithetical to everything that America was founded to be. All of the principles that our framers set down for us to continue. And, And what you need to know is America is not beyond saving. We still have a good hope to turn this ship around. And I, I, I know that it seems... Uh, just exactly the opposite most days. We are drowning in an open border, drowning in debt, drowning in uh, cultural Marxism and radical cultural changes from our schools and from media and entertainment, uh, from lawmaking. It, it feels as though there is no way to make it uh, uh, d- to make a difference, to make a change. But on days like today, when you dive in and start looking at the parallel economy, what that means, some of the people who are fighting to change that, who are fighting to offer uh, opportunities and to offer industries, or I, I guess what I should say is people who are fighting to offer us the opportunity at choosing again, not from a host of awful, uh, like-minded things. You know, you can either have CNN or MSNBC or Fox. Uh, you can either have the Republican or the Democrat Party. All these things, you look at it and go, this isn't much of a choice. I don't want this choice. I want I want an actual choice. I want, I want to be able to pick something that lines up with my values or pick something that doesn't care what the values are. We are here for the free market. I'm not here to shove something down your throat. Um, it, it feels often like those are gone, but when you really dig down into it and look, there are people and places that are fighting to change. And when you look at it, they're making a difference. Uh, 
And when you look at it, the, the big boys are crashing their own boats pretty hard. Uh, pretty hard. And, and one of them, the low-hanging fruit, and this is, again, a little bit different. It's easier to talk about the entertainment industry needing to crash and change, and we find a new replacement for entertainment than it is big banking, which is so tied in with uh, the Federal Reserve, with bureaucracy, the administrative state regulatory agencies. That, that seems like a whole big deal to uncouple from that's a little easier than just uh, you know ditching Disney and moving to someone else. And, and that's true. There, there are more complicated layers there. But you take the hope of looking at something like the Disney equation. Man, Disney has just gone so far down the rabbit hole of leftist ideology that they have sacrificed every bit of creativity and storytelling on that altar of inclusion, on that altar of DEI principles, diversity, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion first. We will change whatever character's skin color we have to. We will change whatever story. We will ham-fistedly shove some sort of inclusive content. It doesn't matter if it matches, and it doesn't matter if the end result is a good story. We did our job because we put forward the agenda. Well, guess what? You don't even have to be a dyed-in-the-wool conservative or free market person to look at a product and go, man, this is dumb. Like, it, 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 and we were noticing that today. As you look across the marketplace of, of ideas online, it's become pretty in vogue to mock Disney for having such awful storytelling across uh, very what used to be popular franchises, like the Star Wars uh, franchise, the Marvel Cinematic franchise. A lot of these things are tanking. And it's creating a void, and that void is starting to be filled by good places who are stepping up, like the Daily Wire. They've just announced this new Bent Key project, an app full of kids and family-friendly content that don't saturate with this DEI um, uh, woke agenda. As these anti-woke companies are stepping in, not only are they finding a good foothold, but more and more, the rest of the, the mushy middle, not necessarily the use and means, we're dyed-in-the-wool conservatives or free market people or limited government people, we know what we believe, but a lot of the other folks out there looking around going, yeah, I, I need something different. This garbage is just not for me. It, it's it's not even fun to watch anymore. I don't mind the woke stuff, but this is just a horrible story. It's not entertaining. When they have uh, gone so far in promoting the agenda that they have destroyed the creativity, the entertainment value, um, we can look at businesses the same way. You go so far, you're going to destroy the actual um, staying in the black ability of your business. Guess what? We have a real opportunity to step in. We have a real opportunity to right the wrongs of wokeism in all of these different marketplaces. And that starts from the ground up. You and I have an incredible opportunity to make sure we change our family's habits, what you're subscribed to, where you buy from, and to consciously look at people who support the free market, who support liberty, who support the principles this nation was founded upon, and put our money, put our votes, put our action and our footsteps that direction it can be done. And I have great hope for that. And when you when you dive into it, man, it, it really, it, it is not beyond saving. That's what you need to know. America is not beyond saving. There is a real bottom-up moment that we have to uh, change what's happening in America. We need to seize it. So, that's what you need to know. I'm going to stop there. We're going to get on here to our uh, good guests, and then I'm going to come back, actually, and wrap up the show for us at the end. But thanks for being with us, and stick around on the other side of the break. Got a couple of good guests here on the Pro-America Report. Go to ProAmericaReport.com and we will be back to talk to you in just a moment.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Very interesting conversation today. Uh, Perry Johnson uh, on his own website, he's, uh, when, he ran, when he's running for president, he, his link on the menu says, Perry who? And then you go and find out who Perry Johnson is. An extraordinary life story came up from nothing, kind of the quintessential American dream. Um, maybe uh, even different than the American dream in the sense that he um, saw some things happening and got into a space. I guess that is the American dream, but he's often referred to as a quality guru. Uh, very successful. So first of all, welcome, uh, Mr. Johnson, the program. How are you? Fantastic. And thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to have you. So um, I saw, uh, I thought of you because I knew I was going to interview you the other day when Rick Scott, uh, Rick Scott, when um, Senator Tim Scott got out of the race, he said something like running for president was the, the, the one of the most interesting things he could do because of who he met and how he did it. I know that's sort of um, what you say. I, he, he sounded like a politician, but, you know, your career in business, in um, public speaking, you've seen America a bunch of times. What was it like to run for president for you? <laughs> well, we actually made a reality series on it. We had aired it on Newsmax. It right. is unlike anything that you could ever imagine. I want you to picture a situation where you are going into an arena and you never know what you're going to find in that arena. But you're going to start early in the morning because you're going to wake up sometime around six o'clock. Sometimes it's earlier. You're going to make sure that you get to a breakfast meeting around seven where you're going to give a talk. You will then have interviews on the radio. You'll have interviews on TV. You'll be out literally going nonstop as you go from one spot to the next, making about six speeches a night. Mm. You'll then take that bus and roll that bus into a town. You have not had dinner. You're going to hope <laughs> that you can try to get something around 1230. You get to bed in the neighborhood of 132 o'clock, and then you're up, up and at them, showering early in the morning, and you get going. There were nights I had three hours sleep. And if I got five hours sleep, that was a great night. <laughs> and, 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 and we're, we're talking with Perry Johnson. His website, by the way, is perryjohnson.com. And he's referring to, uh, the, 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 the show. I should have said that phrase. I had it in my notes here. Backstage pass, which is a reality show about running for president. Um, and so, but did you, do you uh, ask it this way again? You, you're used to systems. You know, you, you, you basically made your living by saying, Hey, wait a second. Do you see how this is happening? The Jack Japanese, uh, how business, auto business. And you said, run your systems better. When you see the system that's picking our president, you know, Iowa is a caucus state and and has the ability to drive, you know, two thirds of the people out of the race. I mean, the system is a crazy system. Did you experience it and say to yourself, this is no way to pick uh, a, a mayor, let alone a president? Well, the problem wasn't that. Uh, I actually thought I could have done very well in Iowa. I would have stayed in the race for just a matter of Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Nevada, and then Michigan. The problem is that you have to get on the debate stage right. because you'll have Super Tuesday coming up right in the beginning of March. And if they don't know you, you cannot win. So they set out requirements for getting on the debate stage. You had to have 1% in uh, two national polls and 1% in Iowa and New Hampshire or 1% in three national polls. Those are not egregious requirements. I believed I, I could hit them, and I did. I hit all those requirements, for example, but they had to exclude the caravan poll. They said, well, that poll doesn't count. Right. It's important to understand that in 60% of the polls, I was never even included. And they decided, well, we are going to not count the McLaughlin poll. Now, how you could not count the McLaughlin poll? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's crazy. He's yeah, been around forever. Yep, yep, uh, yep. 
They're not going to count the strategic national poll. Uh, they said they're not going to count that because the guy that does it, I guess, is a statistician. And he had a regionally balanced selection where you randomly choose all of the candidates that you're going to select. So you don't have any bias entering the picture. And in the in that, he put the whole nation in there. But you have 70 million Republican voters, 100 million independent voters. And even if you put no Democrats in there at all, you're looking at 170 million people and you're only surveying 835 of them. So your chances of selecting someone are one in 200,000. Well, he had 38 states where he right. had respondents and they said that wasn't acceptable. When asked, well, what's the normal um, number that are responding? They did not know because they didn't have the information from any of the other polls, but they decided that they were going to exclude this. Cutting to the chase, I'm sorry, because I want to get back. I want to also talk about your how you framed why you ran. I mean, do you think it's a rigged system? And do you say it's well, it rigged? rigged? You know, uh, talk, you take a look at I, I'm not the only guy. You can ask the other people out there right. that didn't get on. They excluded the Rasmussen poll. When you, uh, Larry Elder, he, he talked to me. Uh, we I had a lawsuit all prepared, but I decided I didn't want to alienate the RNC because the RNC is so critical and I want the Republicans to win this next election. That is my main goal. I want to see that we can start to get our government in order. I'd like to end a lot of this corruption that goes on. And right now, until you get into the system, you don't realize how corrupt it really is. It's much worse than you ever would imagine. So uh, I guess as Perry Johnson, I ran for president, very successful businessman. And uh, and in that um, role, a communicator has a show over on Newsmax, uh, lots of different things. So I, I don't want to miss this. Like, I want to make sure to talk about it. One of the reasons you ran and one of the ways you talked about it was uh, you called it uh, your two cents plan to save America, focused on the economy and spending. And we could go into some of the specifics, although we'll run out of time. But is there anyone serious about this problem? I mean, is anyone really serious about how we've set up this bloated, you call it a bloated federal government that by its design is creating record inflation? I don't know. That was my that was the major thing I was running on. I was singularly focused on the economy because the only reason that we have inflation is that the government decided to spend record sums of money without providing goods and services. Right. It was nuts. So right. we end up in a situation where we are now thirty three point seven trillion dollars in debt. When I started the campaign, I used to use say thirty two when we were getting thirty two. Now we're, we're we're hovering around thirty four. So right. when I say this, people don't understand that last year every American family spent about six hundred and ten dollars a month just for the interest on our debt. That's six hundred and ten a month. And when you go to the store and you wonder why groceries are 40 percent more, thank the government. If you wonder why, when you buy a home now, if you're going to take out a mortgage or anything, that the cost for that home and your monthly payments are over 100 percent more than they were two and a half, three years ago. Thank the government. So when you go out, and you fill up your car and you realize you're spending this ridiculous sum for gas. Why? Thank the government, because gas is roughly 100 percent more expensive than it should be. And that's because the government decided they didn't want you to produce as much oil. Some of the stuff they do is just nuts. Uh, so, Perry, some, I like to say some, I, I, may, I may say most, but uh, Perry Johnson's our guest, a businessman and uh, perryjohnson.com a lot on his site and also his his um, uh, reality TV and other TV uh, uh, show that he's going to take up. Uh, you endorsed Trump uh, uh, after you got out of the race. Can Trump drain the swamp? Do you, I mean, you, you, as you say, you, you only. He I, is trying. I, yeah. He is trying. And he, he and I come from the same similar background. We're in private industry. The reality is that. 
The way governments are run is so wrong and it has to change because right now we live in a great country. We have a lifestyle that is afforded because we are the world currency. Now, because of the fact that the U.S. dollar is the world currency, we now, just by that virtue alone, we have a standard of living that's 20% better than it would be if that changed. Mm-hmm. And it could change overnight. For the first time in history, we're really having oil purchased with Chinese yuan. And now that has never, ever happened. So when you have China talking to Saudi Arabia about buying oil with Chinese yuan because they want to be the world currency and they want to step in, that is a red flag. And what we have to do is just shore things up, get ourselves back on track and stop going nuts with our spending. And to do that, we have to coalesce. And let's pull together and say, let enough's enough. Now, frankly, both parties are at fault. Right, you right. Say, you can't blame this just on the Democrats. Right, right, it's the right. Republicans as well. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and what I have said to people is um, when when you describe how much power is wielded by Washington, D.C. now, well, not just in taxes, but in regulatory burden. Once you describe that, understand the scope of it, then you realize that it almost doesn't matter, uh, except that you got to stay close to Washington. I mean, it used to be that you could go to other centers of gravity. When you were a young man, Detroit would have been one of the centers of the world uh, you know, for a period of time, you would have had New York City. You would have had uh, uh, Paris. Now it's Washington, D.C. and, you know, probably Beijing and uh, a few other places, maybe 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 uh, Brussels, you know, but not, not really in terms of strength. So, uh, Perry Johnson, I, I can't thank you enough. I, I will have you back on, though. I, I'd love to get uh, I'll get in touch with your folks to have you back on. I think you, your voice is important, especially when it comes to saying, hey, uh, understand what's happening to the economy. I think people don't is the more we understand the economy and what's happening. The more people will say, wait, we've got to change directions pretty dramatically. So thank you for coming on. We'll have you on again. Well, thank you very much and enjoy life. All right. Thank you. Great. Uh, Perry Johnson, very successful a businessman before he took a run for president. Now he's uh, communicating and uh, over on Newsmax, too. I'll put all that up, all these links up on uh, social media and on uh, the post of the show notes. Uh, be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to catch up with John Schlafly. John Schlafly with his brother Andy writes the weekly column, the Schlafly Report, continuing a tradition that their mother, the late Phyllis Schlafly, did for almost five decades. Uh, and it runs over at townhall.com and is available, maybe more importantly, with the other columns, weekly columns at phyllisschlafly.com, archived there. This week's column, GOP should reject improper ballot initiatives. Welcome back, John. And I do think that the people have lost the argument uh, or lost the what do they call it the thread on this all of these ballot initiatives really are not they don't work for america it's 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 in fact it's working for the corporatists and the consultant class who mislead people whether it's cannabis abortion pick a topic it doesn't work but we have we've sort of lost that debate nobody says that right well ballot initiatives um are a form of you might call direct democracy, and they exist in some form in roughly 20 states. It started about 100 years ago. Um, uh, it's not really, you know, our founding fathers of our of the United States uh, set up a, a what they called that was their word a republican form of government. That means you elect representatives, uh, and they are our lawmakers, and uh, so. 
we we think it's a concern, Ed, that there's been uh, major changes in the laws of some states being adopted through this process of initiative, which means let's you know let's say what happens in a ballot initiative. Somebody, some interest group, is willing to spend millions of dollars first to collect signatures and then to put it to put it on the ballot, fighting lawsuits. Uh, and then running millions of dollars of advertising to bring out people to vote for that single issue. And um, so that's not really uh, – and, and the majority of states do, still do not allow that. But for the states that do, uh, it's a concern because uh, the vast majority of the money that is raised and spent is from out-of-state uh, it's interest groups, it's corporate groups, it's people who stand to profit from whatever the initiative is. Now, we've seen this marijuana in abortion and gambling. Uh, each one of those three vices are supported by a huge industry, uh, which is seeking to change the law in order to uh, increase their profits. And uh, it's not a you know, proper John, way John, of running our government, John. You know, the, but but it's isn't it isn't it more um, isn't it sort of more urgent in this sense? It, it, I agree with you. About a hundred years ago, there was a movement that said more direct democracy would be better. It's hard to argue against more democracy or direct democracy in the sense that people say, well, you know, people should have their voice heard, and then at a certain point, there was African Americans couldn't vote and women couldn't vote, get their voices heard. But it's it's a bit it's a lot more cynical and dangerous now because the way our system is working is the person or group with the most money who's willing to lie can persuade the people through social media and through used to be just used to be had to use TV and radio and mail. Now it's mail, TV, radio, social media, and very sophisticated that, you know, not guessing, but very sophisticated. And therefore it's, you can still, I guess you can say it's the will of the people, but it's, it's kind of um, the, the uh, deception of the people and it's not small stuff there. I mean, neither, neither was prohibition, of course, which would be, you know, an example of that same movement at the same time wanting to make big changes but you know we're 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 watching spending decisions we're watching uh quality of life decisions regulatory decisions happening basically by whoever has the the best the most amount of money and to put a, 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 a cherry on top, uh, once you do Citizens United and you say corporations are, are speech and you can hide behind dark money, uh, everybody from the Planned Parenthood, which we all hate, I mean, conservatives hate, but also Wall Street, which we should hate, are doing the same thing. It's it's a it's a well, I'm not sure the republic f- stands, John, if it's not more uh, readily understood. Well, I mean, Ed, you've 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 lumped together a bunch of things there. Of course, pros- uh, our Prohibition was enacted through a constitutional right. process. I understand. Uh, but it was the same progressive I'm movement. People, I'm all for people, you know, <laughs> letting their voices be heard. Nobody's nobody's questioning that except the people who want to censor social media. But uh, and we've that. Uh, so we saw that, you know, we've got Nikki Haley talking about it anyway. But, you know, what we're talking about with ballot initiatives is a different form of lawmaking. You know, we don't. Direct democracy was never part of our uh, system, meaning that uh, you cast ballots for laws. That's not the way our federal government and our states operate. Uh, we we have representative democracy, where we elect uh, 
our representatives who then participate and deliberate and negotiate over uh, by filtering uh, legislation through a process of checks and balances and eventually laws through a process of filtration come out of that. But this this thing of balladation just uh, short circuits the whole process. And some interest group comes up with uh, a, a ballot question, which then can go directly into the constitution of a state without any of that filtration process. And it can be deceptive, misleading, uh, you know, confusing. Uh, it can overturn the laws that were passed by the legislature. I mean, that's not a good way to do it. And we've just seen how that was enacted um it with issue one and issue two in Ohio last week, right? Or the or or or, or and uh, this is a good illustration of what should not happen. And I'm hoping that the other branches of government in Ohio, the legislature and the courts, will uh, will find a way to check the. Well, that's 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 my next question, John. Yeah, that's my next question. I don't want to run out of time. Sorry to interrupt you. But that, that, what are the ways to what are the solutions? I mean, in Ohio, uh, in August, they tried to put a to make it harder to do this. And that failed. Right. And again, it failed because there was millions and millions on one side basically saying they're taking your voice away, as opposed to what I think would be the argument, which is, you know, this is a, a reasonable amount. If you make it 60 percent of the vote to change something, that's that's a bit of a check on this. Well, the solutions are, I, I mean, are, are you really arguing that you should have the courts strike this down Somehow, or is the solution, you know, does the solution require leadership in a legislature and a governor's office that signs something that says we're not going to allow this? Well, I'm not really sure. Of course, I'd be in favor of eliminating the whole process. Uh, right. Uh, you know, we can have, well, you got, first of all, people should remember the difference between initiatives and referendums. A referendum is a ballot question which is referred to the voters by the legislature. And I don't have any objection to that. Uh, but the initiative is where one interest group is willing to spend an unlimited amount of money to, first of all, write uh, right. the a proposal yep. and then get it on the ballot and then turn out the voters for the people who support that. You know, it also bypasses the two-party system uh, because uh, typically an initiative is a one-party uh it's, it aids one party, and that's what we have for uh, certainly, you know, uh, the the issue one and two in Ohio, which is a predominantly Republican state. But uh, those initiatives that were passed by the voters by uh, overwhelmingly by Democrats and opposed overwhelmingly by Republicans. So that's another way in which our political system is short-circuited and bypassed by the initiative process, by the process of, you know, turning out votes. It's kind of like a form of ballot harvesting in which those initiatives get passed. And it's a concern. I don't have the answer, except that all people in politics should uh, look for ways to check that whole process. 
Uh, John Schlafly is our guest again. Uh, his his columns, his weekly column with his brother Andy, are archived over at phyllisschlafly dot com. Uh, unfortunately, John, I'm out of time. Uh, but the the uh, to put a, a fine point on it again and and read his column this week is GOP should reject improper improper ballot initiatives. Uh, uh, you know, my argument would be even when you think you can do it for a good cause, a conservative cause, say it's uh, you're running into the question of who's going to fund it. And uh, and you know, I, I made the argument about Ohio, for example, Planned Parenthood was one of the big funders. Well, they get almost $800 million of tax dollars each year from the federal government. Our tax dollars, they're using money's fungible. They're using it in these uh, ways to influence policy, which then rewards them with more money. I mean, it's a it's a system that is so corrupt, so obviously um, prone to corruption that it's uh, hard to overstate it. So, John Schlafly, thank you, as always. Uh, the Schlafly Report, again, phyllisschlafly.com for archive there. And I will put it up on social media also. We'll be back. We'll take a break. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative perspective since 1983, continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. We've been hearing for years that a woman has paid only 77 cents for every dollar a man earns. This false statistic has been repeatedly refuted by economists and researchers. The Department of Labor released a detailed report on its falsehood. Even the left-leaning American Association of University Women admits that it's not true. The wage gap myth ignores differences in occupations. Far more women work in education. Low-paying majors such as social work and art are more than three-fourths female. Men more often pursue careers in engineering and technology in spite of millions of dollars spent on programs designed to nudge more young women into the sciences. Men also tend to work more hours than women. Because women, especially mothers, often have different priorities. They tend to choose workplaces that offer flexibility and a less demanding schedule. Many women also take time off from their careers to raise their children and end up with fewer years of experience. That's why the wage gap is much larger for married women. When you account for all these factors, the wage gap almost disappears. Even the American Association of University Women admits that these factors lower the 23-cent gap to only 6 cents. And those 6 cents are not necessarily because of discrimination. Some of the remaining gap may be because many women may not negotiate as well as men. The AAUW also uses broad categories when defining careers. A male lawyer and a female librarian both fall under the label other white collar. American women have more opportunities than anyone in history. The supposed wage gap may exist because it's what women want. It should also be something that society wants. A world that eliminates the wage gap would be a world that eliminates motherhood. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. For more than 50 years, Phyllis led the fight against the dead-end road of radical feminism. Today, with the rise of so many savvy young conservative women, new voices are emerging. You're invited to voice your opinion on what's really important to women at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 
Hey, welcome back to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Height here to wrap up the show for us today. Thank you for being with us. Man, it was a good show. It was a really good show. We had uh, oh, good interview there with Perry Johnson. Great conversation. He's an interesting man. I tell you what, that is one interesting and articulate guy. Uh, there's a lot of people kind of hunt around for different things. He knows what he wants to say and says it. I'm very impressed. Uh, I appreciated listening to him. Uh, and then, of course, John Schlafly is always uh, very interesting and, again, articulate. Just incredibly knowledgeable about all the different. I, I really appreciate hearing him uh, every, each and every week as we have him deliver the Schlafly report, especially this week. Um, there's a lot going on and a lot of stuff that people don't realize with some of these ballot initiatives. So great uh, interviews there. Appreciate Ed for those and for always stacking it. Well, for Mason and Ed for constantly getting us good interviews. Ed for having such a wonderful time interviewing these folks, getting a lot of good content together. It's good. It's good. I like this show. I like listening to this show each and every day, and I'm one of the ones that does it. And I am grateful for you. I know that all of us are um, mindful of all these things as we're coming into this season of gratefulness here, Thanksgiving next week. And uh, we are grateful for you listening to this program, interacting with us, sending us notes, and uh, being a part of this. It's a, it's a pleasure to do it each and every day. I, I'll Just in case I don't get a chance to talk to you again here on the program before Thanksgiving next week, I am appreciative of you, and I know that Mason and Ed and each one of the people who has a hand in this show, uh, we are grateful for your participation, without which we wouldn't have a show, because no one would care. Uh, but... Uh, all of that said, I will give you another final reminder. Head to ProAmericaReport.com, com as well. You can find all of the podcasts, the standalones, uh, our good guests today. Uh, you can get all of those resources, the links, anything that we mention. If it's a book or an article, you will find it there. Go there. You can also sign up for the email list, and a lot of that stuff will get sent to you on occasion, especially each and every morning weekdays, the Wink email, 7 a.m. Central, and all the other time zones equally. Uh, it will come to you really good, really short. Uh, go and do that today before you forget uh give yourself the gift and it's free it's a it's a free pre-black friday gift that we're giving to you <laughs> you just have to go and sign up for it and we won't sign you up for any other email list i promise but uh i wanted to put a button on the show today and mention a couple of things there's um um a couple of news stories that just kind of caught my eye and it's on the same theme and and really it's you know we talked in the in the wink today about you know, america is not a lost cause there really is a groundswell of of activity and motion for a forward motion in the right direction for us to take part in. And I tell you what, that kind of dogged uh, pursuit of the truth, uh, that kind of uh, moving forward toward principles first is so incredibly important and it does bring results. Um, and that's where I wanted to just bring a couple of things up. First we see, and, and I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't want to, I'm not trying to wade too far into it here, but you may have seen by now it's breaking at least today and a little bit yesterday, the uh, subcommittee, uh, uh, the House Ethics Subcommittee is uh, moving against, they had a pretty um, unflattering report on Representative George Santos from New York. He's obviously been a little bit in the spotlight since all the way back to the original speaker fight back to January. Some questions about his campaign financing uh, and a lot of other things, some of the um, ethical dilemmas that they were involved in, apparently, with uh, their reporting and where some of the money came from and went to. And it looks uh, pretty bad for him. And in fact, he announced uh, very quickly that he was going to resign, not because, of course, he said I did anything wrong, but my family doesn't deserve this spotlight. Well, 
I mean, you know how it is. Whenever a politician resigns, it's like, well, you know, we kind of all now know. It's, it's either you're guilty of this or something else. It just, it looks bad. So, you know what? The pursuit of truth here, and, and I'm, you know, I'm not ever advocating just going hard after someone to try to get rid of them, but I, you know what? If you're pursuing the truth and trying to bring the light of transparency to Congress, it, it can't know uh, friend and foe. Truth is truth, and you pursue it, and in this case, you get caught up in it. It looks like we uh, maybe get getting rid of someone who in the long run was there to enrich themselves, not advance the American agenda. Uh, but likewise, speaking about uh, transparency and truth, I don't know if you're following this, and I'm going to link this here in the show notes, and also we'll post it on social media. Uh, the builders of the January 6th gallows uh, remain unidentified. I think that Ed has talked about this. Who is Mr. Coffee? Uh, this is one of the recent things, especially if you go to ProAmericaReport.com, you're going to see a lot of reporting on this. Uh, this gang, the gallows gang that built these um, pretty shoddily built, obviously uh, not for real use, but just for a prop uh, gallows in front of the U.S. Capitol early, early in the morning of January 6th. These have become iconic photos in the persecution of the January 6th protesters. And yet the gallows gang, despite all the people who are being thrown in jail for being there and protesting and doing nothing wrong, the gallows gang who erected this iconic image have yet to be found. And it kind of reminds you of the of the alleged pipe bomber, which obviously no bombs went off, but someone planted pipe bombs outside the uh, the RNC and the DNC, uh, the two party headquarters in D.C. And yet we've never found this guy. You're telling me out of all of the geocached geolocation data from cell phones that we have and y'all are still picking up people who were there to march for Trump and throwing them in jail that you can't find out who the gallows gang was. We don't know who Mr. Coffee was, who directed the building of... Uh, please. Oh, please. Um, it's just absolutely incredible and really insulting uh, to Americans that, that uh, they'll insist that these folks haven't been found or pursued, and yet we're throwing regular people in jail left and right and disturbing the families uh, of uh, Americans because of political opinions. Uh, horse feathers. That's what I say. Horse feathers. So... Uh, just like we've pursued, uh, I say we, not us specifically, but just like uh, truth and transparency was pursued uh, by both sides against George Santos, some I'm sure some of them with ill intentions and some with the intention of getting out the truth, uh, this is another area you can get involved in and, and pay attention to, talk about it, share the stories, repost it, ask your congressman what they're doing uh, to find out the identities of the gallows gangs and find out who they're connected to. Uh, go and check it out. We'll post that story. Uh, that's uh, that's that's a good uh, a good story you need to follow and keep on top of and keep on top of your Congress critters about it. I love that phrase, Congress critters. One of the ladies in our office here worked for Phyllis many years. She used to call it that every once in a while. Still get a chuckle. Uh, but thank you for being here. Thanks for being with us again. Thank you to Mason, my co-producer, Ed, for leading the show, and you for listening. We appreciate you all so much, and we will look forward to seeing you back here on another edition of the Pro-America Report tomorrow. We'll talk to you then.